Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. My name is David Greenhaw, and I'm an ordained minister of the United Church of Christ, and I serve as the interim senior minister at this congregation. And boy, I'm really old hat. I'm a full month now, so uh, I'm really happy to be here with you. And we're really happy you're here. Yeah. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean, and it's my privilege to serve as your minister for congregational care. If you are worshiping with us in the sanctuary or online, I want to thank you for being here this morning. We are so grateful on this Father's Day weekend that you chose to spend part of it with us. And I do want to extend a special welcome to the folks at Bentley Village who are worshiping with us this morning. We are glad that you're gathered together there at Bentley. And if you'd please take a moment to register your attendance, that would be really helpful. There are attendance pads at the end of your pews. If you could just fill it out and pass it to your neighbors so we know who's with us in person this morning. And if you're online, please take a moment to write your name in the comments section so that we know where everyone is worshiping with us this morning and where you are. And as Angela said, today is Father's Day. And... uh, Today, for a brief moment in the sermon, there'll be a reference to the Ten Commandments, one of which is to honor thy father and thy mother. And uh, on this day, we honor fathers. We honor fathers who are living and uh, actively fathering, and fathers who are no longer living, and we honor their memory. So today, we will be mindful and uh, glad for the fathers in our lives. And today is not Meryl Noble's last Sunday as our Director of Christian Education. It is her second to last Sunday, but we are celebrating her ministry among us this morning. So I'd like to invite the chairperson of our Board of Christian Education, Rich Kirshner, to come forward and he will help us celebrate Meryl's ministry. And Lois Muldowney is going to join him. She's an integral part of our Christian Ed ministry as well. So come on up and we have a microphone for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Meryl. There's Meryl. Come on up here, please. As many of you know, this Meryl has spent countless years in children's ministry, and three and a half of those years have been with us here at Naples United Church of Christ. Uh, Meryl came in at a very difficult time, and it got more difficult during the pandemic. And she had to literally recreate curriculum, She had to find ways to stay in touch with families and children who were at home and and all of us were not here. She just did everything the best way that possibly could happen. She sends out a wonderful uh, set of curriculum and um, things for families on the end of each week. Are we going to miss that, aren't we? Yeah. And she has just devoted time to keeping her arms open and uh, her big smile for all the children uh, here at the church. We could not have had somebody better come and fill the role as you have done, Meryl. So today we wanted to celebrate your presence with us, uh, your retirement from this kind of ministry, and we wanted to present you with some flowers and a gift on behalf of the Board of Education from the church. That is for you. Freedom's song has echoed across the generations. Freedom's song has echoed from the shores of the Red Sea when slaves from Egypt were set free. Freedom's song has echoed from the 
places across the United States when slaves were freed and the shackles of slavery fell away. Freedom's song has echoed across time and through space. Freedom's song echoes even here, even now. Please rise and join in the singing of the hymn as we gather to worship. And the hymn is in your hymnal today. I now invite you to join me in our prayer of invocation, which you can find printed in your bulletins. Let us pray together. We believe that you need us, O God, but we often spend our time in ways which are not in accordance with your will. Be with each of us in our worship this morning. Help us to refocus our lives so that the roles we embody are aligned with your bigger picture. Amen. Um, If you are worshiping with us online, I invite you to take this opportunity to pass the peace of Christ with someone who you're worshiping with, or if you're by yourself, take this opportunity to get your phone out and send a text to someone you're thinking of. And if you're here in the sanctuary, let us pass the peace of Christ to one another, keeping in mind everyone's comfort levels around social distancing. And now let us continue in worship through the gift of music. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we come to you in prayer this morning to be reminded of our roles. We all play different roles in our lives. On this Father's Day, we remember and celebrate all those who have been father figures to the people in their lives, showing their loved ones paternal support and affection. Many of us play the roles of parents, siblings, sons, daughters, caretakers, colleagues, business leaders, community leaders, church members, the list goes on. But all of our roles must be rooted in you and your call on our lives through the gospel message. In each of these roles, we are Christians first. Our relationship with you is complicated because you need us to carry out your will on earth, but it is you who sets the course, not us. It is our job to submit to you, not the other way around. Sometimes, oh God, you know that our egos get in the way and we think that it is we who are in control. Help us to remember that we each play important roles on this earth but that you see the bigger picture and you know how we all fit together like pieces of a magnificent puzzle. On this Father's Day, O God, we ask you to be with all those who are celebrating or struggling on this day. And on this day, June 19th, in which we recognize Juneteenth, the anniversary of the emancipation of enslaved people in the United States, we recommit to the work of liberation until all people here and abroad have access to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
In these long days of summer in which many people are relaxing, enjoying vacations and family time, we hold in our hearts all those for whom this is a season of pain. Those who just receive grave diagnoses, those who are grieving, those who are struggling with estranged relationships, those who are financially worried, those who have mental health concerns, those who are battling addictions. It can be so easy for us to slip into our roles, to put on our mask and hide all the burdens that we carry. But we don't hide anything from you, O God. And we thank you for journeying with us, for helping us carry the load, for putting friends and loved ones in our lives who support us when we need it the most. Thank you for seeing the bigger picture, for guiding us to do our part, and for being patient with us when we go astray. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus, the risen Christ, who first taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture reading comes from the book of 1 Kings in the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Bible. It is a wonderful story, and I invite you to follow along if you'd like, because the text is printed in your bulletins. So let us hear these holy words. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat. 
Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank, and then he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave, and he spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. They are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, You shall anoint Hazel as king over Aram. May God bless our modern hearing of this ancient story. So my grandkids were here. I love to see them come. I loved having them here, and if I tell you the truth, I kind of love to see them go. It got quiet again. Oh, quiet. (laughs) Miles, the three-year-old, earlier this spring, learned a new word with his dad. They have a book about echoes, and in this book, he learned about the sound that comes down into a valley and bounces around And he was very excited about it, and they showed many different examples. And he learned it really well, because uh, later, about a week or so after he'd read the book, we were walking, we'd been to a restaurant, and we were walking home, and we came through a kind of alleyway. And the noise in the alley was echoing around. And Miles, you could see it, you could see him recognize it. He really got the concept. He didn't quite get the word right. He goes, a gecko, a gecko. (laughs) He got the concept. I want you now to listen for an echo, a literary echo, that has ringing in this story that Angela read so well this morning. 
The echo has to do with a, a location, and I'm going to take you there, but listen for this echo over time in a literary way. So uh, it turns out that south of Jerusalem, uh, which is a fascinating old city and is still parts of the old city from the time of the Bible, is still there. South of Jerusalem is the Negev. And the Negev is a long and mostly unpopulated area. And then south of the Negev is a large expanse of nearly nothing called the Sinai. Mostly a desert, a a wilderness area. Not much there. And south of the Sinai, at the southern tip of the Sinai Peninsula, there is a mountain, so to speak, a mount, the Mount of God, called Mount Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai. Are you hearing the echo yet? Just listen. Because the first time the shout came out off of Mount Horeb, a Mount Sinai, it was when God was in a burning bush to Moses. Do you remember that story from Sunday school or preaching or never heard of it? Oh, well. In that story, God comes to Moses and God says, I have seen the suffering of my people. I have heard their cries. And I want you, Moses, to do my work and go set them free. They were slaves in the land of Egypt. And God calls Moses on Mount Horeb to go set them free. It didn't happen right away. God pronounced it then, but it took seven plagues before Pharaoh finally let them go, and then only reluctantly. Think of that. Hear the echo of that now. Here's an echo of that Mount Horeb, that declaration on Mount Horeb that the people are set free. And when that happens, it takes a while for them to be free. Think of that as the January 1st, 1863 Emancipation Proclamation. It's a pronouncement that the slavery has come to an end. But like at Mount Horeb, It took a while for it to happen. Not until June 19th, 1865, when a quarter of a million slaves, the last quarter of a million, were finally set free in Texas. That's the first echo. Let's go to another echo. Gecko. (laughs) Let's go to another echo. The one where Mount Horeb is the place again. And again, it's Moses on the mountain. Moses goes up to that mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And these commandments are God's way of ordering the community. They've been set free, but how will they order themselves? What, What will they do? How will they manage their lives. And this now is the, is the giving of the Ten Commandments, one of which, of course, is honor thy mother and thy father. And the commandments are not just for the everyday people, but for the leaders as well. That happens on this same mountain, 
Mount Horeb, at the southern tip of Mount Sinai. And then, the book of Kings has a wonderful little practice. It talks about kings, that we're in the 19th chapter. This is the seventh king. It announces kings like this. This king was, did what was right in the sight of God. And then the next one, it says, this king did what was evil in the sight of God. They just couldn't get it right. They oscillated back and forth between kings that did it well and kings that did it poorly. Kings that did it really well and kings that did it really poorly. And Ahab, King Ahab, he did it really poorly. Not just a little poorly, but a lot poorly. He did things that were unexcusable, terrible things that happened to the people, including taking a man Naboth's vineyard He offered him money. Naboth didn't want to sell. So he killed Naboth and left his body to be licked by the dogs. Not a particularly fine king. Not exactly following the Ten Commandments. And then, the third time on Mount Horeb, we have Elijah. Elijah goes to Mount Horeb because Elijah had intervened against this bad king. Ahab was doing horrible things and his wife Jezebel was participating. They were self-serving. They weren't serving the common good. They were making themselves rich at the expense of their own people. They were harming and killing and hurting their own people. They were not doing the work of God. So Elijah does. Elijah intervenes on behalf of of God. But Jezebel pronounces, puts a contract out on him. He's got a hit on him. He's going to be killed. And so he runs away and he goes into the desert where no one rules and he goes to Mount Horeb and he hides. And he hides in the cave in Mount Horeb, Sinai. He hides in a cave and a voice comes to him from the Lord that says, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you you doing here? And he answers proudly, I, I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away. I've been good. I've done the right thing and they're trying to get me. Come on, recognize who I am. Take care of me. I'm in trouble here for doing your work. I'm doing your work, God. Why aren't you helping me? I, I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And then a big noise happens, a wind, followed by an earthquake, followed by a fire, followed by silence. My hunch is, is that Elijah thought, okay, this big wind, this is God answering me. Nothing. Uh, Here's an earthquake. Nothing. Here's a fire. Nothing. Just silence. I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away. Can't you give me some more credit, God? Can't you give me a big bash? Can't you let everybody know how righteous I am? And instead, this is what happens. God says to Elijah, Get up, Elijah. Get going. 
There's more work to do. Oh, come on. They're about to kill me. And you want me to keep going? It's an extraordinary story. The story is extraordinary because it is about something larger than just Elijah. Elijah wants the work Elijah's done to be God's work, but wants credit for it. Elijah wants to be recognized for the good things he's done. Okay, okay. But Elijah, we're not yet finished because God's work didn't end there. God's didn't work, it work didn't end there. It has not ended yet. It does not end because God is up to something bigger, much bigger. Setting slaves free feeding people who are hungry, giving people a place at the table. God's work is not finished until everyone, everyone, everyone finds a home. There's more to do. God is not yet finished. Elijah wants it to be his work. He's proud of himself. All right, we'll give him that. Even God will give him that. You, you've done good work. You've done good things. You personally, each of you, individually, you've done God's work. You've done good things. You should rightly be proud of yourself. We'll give you that. But it is not about you. It is not about me. It is about what God is doing. Sisters and brothers, we are called to be bold, to do faithful and hard things, but we are also called to be humble, to recognize that it is not about us. It is about the goodness of God and God's work in a world to make this world a better place. We are a part of that work, but just a part. We are a part of that work but it is not yet over. And it will not end with us. It will end when everyone is brought home by God. Amen. Gracious and holy God, we present these gifts to you and commit ourselves to boldness in your service and humility in our lives. Amen. And first there was a strong wind. And then a strong earthquake, and then a fire, and then the sheer silence. Go forth in power and in peace. Act boldly in the cause of God. Act humbly in the cause of God.